We thank you for visiting Christian Bible Temple and pray the following message speaks to your heart. Worship the Lord this morning and hear His Word, which we need so much these days. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we come before your presence this day thanking you that we have the opportunity to be together once again. Dear Lord, I thank you this morning for the salvation, first of all, that we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your infinite love. Thank you, Father, that you do not recompense us according to our iniquities, nor according to the multitude of our transgressions, but according to the multitude of your loving kindnesses and tender mercies which endure forever. Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, our King and our Redeemer. Be with us this morning, Father, as we gather together to worship you this day in spirit and in truth. We pray that your Holy Spirit will guide this service and lead us into all truth. I pray, Father, that you give us humble hearts, you give us broken hearts. Dear Lord, that our wills might be surrendered to your will. And realize, Father, that we belong to you and that your will must be our command. We pray, Father, for every family, every home, every individual that is part of our church today. And we pray, Father, that you will continue to bless our homes, our lives, our families. And I pray, Father, especially this morning again for Israel, for their protection, their salvation, the peace of Jerusalem. How you promised, Lord, that those who love the peace of Jerusalem shall be prospered. We pray this morning that you protect the Jewish people and that this war might come to an end soon. Be with our country also, turn it around, bring it to repentance, and give us, Father, leaders that are leaders indeed, good leaders. Thank you for this day, Father. Speak to our hearts this morning as we open your precious word, and we'll thank you and praise you for this and much more today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Let us open our Bibles this morning to the book of Genesis, chapter 10. We began the last time to speak about this chapter. This chapter covers the genealogies, and we said how important this chapter is. It's a remarkable, accurate historical document, and it is unparalleled as a catalog of the ancient nations because of its antiquity and also its comprehensiveness. And it stands alone in all ancient literature. There's nothing like this anywhere. 
No eyewitness except God. And we saw, we saw, as we read the first five verses of the chapter, we covered them. We saw the list of the sons of Japheth, one of the sons of Noah. And we saw that the sons of Japheth encompassed the Indo-European peoples. And then we arrived at the summary of this. And we said that all the descendants of Japheth populated all the territory from Spain, all of the Mediterranean Sea, Asia Minor, to Media, Persia, in a direct line. The word coastlands, in some of the uh, translations in the English Bible, could be a reference to the Mediterranean or the Black Seas. It was his descendants uh, that the name uh, Gentiles was applied to. In other words, the nations. All right, now we come to uh, chapter uh, 10 verse 6, and we, uh, we're going to see the descendants of Ham. Uh, Ham, the name Ham, means humbled. Okay? And it says, the sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. According to the historians and biblical scholars, Cush refers to Ethiopia and part of Arabia. Well, even in Greece, uh, in the Greek language, years ago when we used to refer to Ethiopia, we did not refer just only to the country as you see it today, but all of Africa south of Ethiopia used to be called Ethiopia. And, um, and part of Arabia, Nubia, is to the north of Ethiopia, and in all times, Cush extended indefinitely toward the south. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 38, verse 5, tells us that. Then the second one is Mizraim, and Mizraim is definitely Egypt. Okay, I know that from conversing with a Jewish lady in Jerusalem one day, and I asked her, where were you born? And she was talking to me in Ladino. And she says, I was born in Mizraim. I knew what she meant, Egypt, okay? And uh, Put, the next one, refers to East Africa and the land of Somalia and South Arabia, including also Libya, which is next to Egypt, and all the north of Africa. That would be Put. And Canaan, of course, refers to all the land of Israel and Phoenicia or Lebanon nowadays. Now, the sons of Cush, it says here in verse 10, uh, I'm sorry, verse 7, the sons of Cush were Seba, Havila, Sabta, Rama, and Sabtecha. And the sons of Rama were Sheba and Dedan. Cush begot Nimrod, and he began to be a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, Akkad, and Kalne, in the land of Shinar. From that land, he went to Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ir, Kala, and that is the principal city. Now, the sons of Cush are the Ethiopian tribes. The first one, it says it's Seba, which refers to the Upper Egypt. Upper Egypt is not Northern Egypt, but Southern Egypt, okay? 
uh, on, the, uh, on the Nile River and the country of Sudan from where the Sabaeans come from. Now, where are the Sabaeans mentioned? The Sabaeans are mentioned in Job and mentioned in Isaiah. The land of Havilah is the land of sand. It refers to the Arab tribes of Hamitic and Semitic extra extractions, in other words, all of Arabia. That's Havilah. Sapta, it's an Ethiopian group, identified also with the Arab city, the, the Arab city of Sabata. Rama, again, the Sabaeans in the southwest of Arabia, and Sapteha, another Ethiopian tribe east of the Persian Gulf. Now, Nimrod is an interesting name here, and it stands out. Nimrod, this was the first dictator of the earth. Okay? Nimrod. His name, in its verbal form in Hebrew, means let's rebel. He was a rebel. Okay? And here we see the only source of information about the origin of Babylonia and Assyria. Some people think that Babylon began with Nebuchadnezzar. No, it didn't. Nebuchadnezzar was, uh, was one of the last rulers of Babylon. It began with Nimrod. When? Right after the flood. Okay? Now these two empires, both Babylonia and Assyria, are types of the spirit of this world, and both became enemies of Israel. How strange that Israel should have enemies. They haven't had anything but enemies in all their history. Why? Because God chose that founder, Abraham, and Therefore, the devil hates anything God chooses. And God chose the nation of Israel through Abraham. I mean, he chose Abraham, not a nation, and promised him to make him a blessing. And because God promised that, and through the nation of Israel, to reach out to all the other peoples. And we have seen that. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is, was born in Israel. And how many millions of people throughout the globe, in every country, have not trusted him as their Lord and Savior? Okay? Well, the devil hates that. Mighty hunter before the Lord, the text says, means that this was not just an animal hunter, but a hunter of men, which he enslaved openly. Dictators always enslave people. Okay? Babel or Babylon means confusion. The next one is Erech or Uruk. It was situated about 100 miles south of Babylon. And then you have Akkad or the Akkadian or Sumerian Empire, which was a very famous empire of antiquity and would be North Babylon. And then Kalne, it's another city in Babylon. And these four cities in the land of Shinar mark the beginning of an empire. The land of Shinar is where Babylon and all the surrounding cities were, which is modern-day Iraq. Okay? Nineveh was the capital of Assyria on the river Tigris. And the rest were suburbs. 
So Assyria had, had its capital in Nineveh. Nineveh was built on the banks of the Tigris River, and Babylon was built on the banks of the Euphrates River. And that's why the region is called Mesopotamia. And guess what? Who came from Mesopotamia? Abraham. Okay? Secondly, we have the sons of Mizraim, verses 13 and 14. And I'm trying to go through this as quickly as I can. Okay? Mizraim, it says, begot Ludim, Anamim, Lehabim, Naphtuhim, Patrushim, and Kasluhim, from whom came the Philistines and Kaphtarim. Now, why is it im, im, im? Because it's a plural. It's talking about peoples, not about a singular one, okay? <clears throat> the sons of Mizraim are the Egyptian tribes. All of them are plural names, and they refer most likely to Egyptian tribal groups. Lehabim is very similar to Libya, to the west of Egypt. Naphtuhim has the root of Phtah, a god worship by the Egyptians, Phtah, P-H-T-A-H, okay? And then Pathrushim refers to Pathros, the south of Egypt. The prophet Jeremiah mentions this uh, city. And then the Kasluhim are the, uh, and the Kaphtorim are intimately related according to many historians, and from there, the, from them, came the Philistines, okay? The Bible tells us clearly that the Philistines came from Kaphtorim. Kaphtorim in Hebrew is the island of Crete, where I was born. Now, I'm not a Philistine. Just I want to make that clear. Okay? The, that was a different civilization. And uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the, the Philistines, it is believed that they were the Minoan civilization, which was destroyed by uh, the volcano, I'm going to yeah, tell you here, um, when the uh, Santorini volcano erupted around 1700 BC, it produced such a horrible uh, disaster that the peoples of the Aegean Sea, including Crete, were forced to leave and went east and they settled in a place which we hear of about, uh, about which we hear a lot today. It's called Gaza. Okay? In that area south of Israel. So uh, Palestine, they went to Palestine or Philistia after the most destructive volcano eruption of antiquity, which is the volcano of Santorini, which destroyed all the Minoan civilization. Now, the sons of Mizraim. Now, I want you to know that once the Philistines or the Minoans left the island of Crete, never returned, the, uh, everything was destroyed because of the volcano, and um, the island of Crete had to be repopulated. And who repopulated the island of Crete? The Ionian people. The Ionian people came from what today is Turkey invaded southern uh, Europe, which is the Balkan Peninsula, and they established themselves there. And uh, they, in turn, were exterminated around the 6th century AD 
and there were no more inhabitants in Crete. The, the population of Crete was wiped out twice in history. So, around that time, the emperor of Constantinople, the emperor of the Byzantium, sent ten noble families from Constantinople, modern-day Istanbul, down to Crete to repopulate the island. And all of us Cretans are descendants of those ten families that came from the north. Okay? So when you read the book of Titus, and I'm, for the last uh, 48, 49 years that I've been saved, people say, are you from Crete? Oh, the Cretans are slow bellies and this. I said, no, nah, I ain't talking about me. Okay? First of all, he's referring to the Jews. And secondly, it's not referring to us because that, those peoples were exterminated. They were wiped out and Crete had to be repopulated. So now we come to the sons of Canaan. Canaan, it says, begot Sidon, his firstborn, and Het, the Jebusite, the Amorite, and the Girgashite, the Hivite, the Archite, and the Sinite, <coughs> the Arvadite, the Zemarite, and the Hamathite, afterward the families of the Canaanites were dispersed, and the border of the Canaanites was from Sidon as you go towards Gerar, as far as Gaza. Then, as you go toward Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboim, as far as Lasha, these were the sons of Ham, according to their families, according to their languages, in their lands, in their nation, and their nations. The first one is Sidon. Well, Sidon is Canaan's first son, from whom the city in Lebanon carries its name. Sidon exists even today. There is a city in Lebanon called Sidon. And then another city, famous also, which became an empire, was the city of Tyre, also in Lebanon, and is still there. Okay, so both Tyre and Sidon. And you know what? The Lord Jesus Christ left the land of Israel twice in his lifetime down here. Once as a baby, when his parents carried him to Egypt to escape the uh, massacre of Herod, okay? And the second time when he, with his disciples, went to the regions of Tyre and Sidon. Do you remember the story of the woman, the Syrophoenician woman, who came to him begging him for her daughter's uh, well-being? She was demon-possessed. And the Lord said to her, It is not lawful for me to give unto the dogs the food that belongs to the, the children. And she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from the children's table. And the Lord was moved and healed her daughter. She was from this region of Tyre and Sidon, which is modern-day Lebanon. That used to be Phoenicia. Okay, Phoenicia was a big civilization, but they were Canaanites. And the Bible does not describe the Phoenicians the same way the world describes the Phoenicians. One famous Phoenician was Jezebel. Okay, and she was not a very nice lady. So anyway, uh, Sidon was a, is still today a city in Lebanon. Then Tyre came later and surpassed uh, Sidon. And as I said, both cities still exist today. Then Het is the father of the Hittites, another great civilization, who dwelled in Hebron in times of Abraham. The Bible tells us that, that the Abraham did, uh, ag had agreements with the Hittites. 
that uh, dwelt in the land at the time, mostly in the Orontes River in Syria. And they extended to the Euphrates River in modern-day Iraq, in the famous city of Carchemish, which is mentioned later on in Genesis and also in the book of Jeremiah. Then we have the Jebusites. The Jebusites lived around Jerusalem. David conquered the city of Jerusalem from the Jebusites. And he built an altar to the Lord there. And that's why it's called the city of David. That's Zion. Okay? And from 3,000 uh, years ago, because that's 1,000 B.C., Jerusalem became the capital of Israel. And is still to this day the capital of Israel, regardless of what the United or the disunited nations tell us. Okay? The Jebusite lived around Jerusalem, and then the Amorite lived around Lebanon. The Girgashai was the family, a family of the Hittites, and it, it is not known with certainty where they dwelt. Then we have the Hevites, they dwelt in the central part of Canaan. And the Archite dwelt in Sidon, Tripoli, which is also in Lebanon. And the Sinai lived close to the Archites. The Arvadite and Zemarite, both groups, also dwell north of Tripoli in Lebanon. And the Hamathite, Hamat, is a city even to this day, in Syria, next to the Orontes River till today. The Canaanites dispersed more south, predominating from Sidon, again, to Gaza, okay, on the Mediterranean coast, and extending south to the Dead Sea, to the east and south of Palestine. And then verse 20 gives us the summary of this section here. Now, Verse 21, now we come to the sons of Shem. This is the most important part. In the Bible, many times, when you read genealogies, it's as though the writers wrote first about the less important to get them out of the way and concentrate on the more important genealogies. In this case, Shem, okay? And the children, and children were born to Shem, it says in verse 21, the father of the children of Eber, that's a very significant name, I'm going to tell you why. The brother of Japheth the elder. Now, Eber is not the brother of Japheth, Shem is the brother of Japheth. Shem was the oldest of the sons of Noah, and Eber is the most predominant of his own sons and father of the Hebrews. Okay? Abraham was of the children of Eber. How do we know that? Genesis chapter 14, verse 13 tells us that Abraham was of the sons of Eber. The genealogies tell us that. From this point on, the Bible will be occupied mostly with this branch of Noah's descendants. Eber means across the river. That's what the name literally means. Okay? Shem and Japheth were closer to each other than they were with Ham. Now, the sons of Shem, the sons of Shem were Elam, verse 22, Ashur, Arphaxad, Lud, and Aram. Elam, this was the country east of the Tigris River, whose capital was Susa. And who was in Susa? Who lived in Susa? Daniel. Okay? It was the capital of the Persian Empire. The land of Elam is that east side, on the east side of Israel. Then Ashur, Ashur is Assyria. That was another big empire, enemy of Israel. Arphaxad 
This was a country east of Nineveh. And then Lud refers to Lydia in Asia Minor, minor uh, uh, modern-day Turkey. Aram is very interesting also because it refers to the Arameans who lived north of Israel, many times referred to as Syrians in the Bible. The Syrians are considered Arameans. In the old times, Syria was called Aram. So who was the father of the Syrians? Aram. Okay? And whose language, the Aramaic, was spoken by various nations of the area, including Assyria and Babylonia and Chaldea. Okay? Portions of the book of Daniel and the book of Ezra were originally written in Aramaic. It was the language of the Babylonian Empire. And the language was com common also among Jews at the time of Christ. Some people believe he spoke Aramean. I don't doubt it, but I don't think he communicated only in Aramean. I think he communicated in Hebrew. Okay? Now we see the sons of Aram. The sons of Aram were Uz, Hul, Gether, and Mash. Uz, it's a country east of where, uh, east of where perhaps comes Job, the patriarch. He was from the land of Uz. Where is that? Somewhere in Arabia. We don't know exactly where. Hul and Gether, nothing is known about them or little is known about them. And Mash is north of Nisibis between Armenia and Mesopotamia in today's Turkey. The sons of Arfaxad. Arfaxad begat Salah and Salah begat Eber. There he is. From Arfaxad come the Hebrews. Okay? And nothing is known about Salah. Eber is mentioned again or was mentioned in verse 21. And then the sons of Eber, verse 25, this is the most important one of the, uh, this, this branch. To Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. Now, Peleg comes from the Hebrew word palag, which means division. The text says that in his time the earth was divided. This is most probably referring to what happens in the next chapter, the confusion of tongues and the division of the peoples in Babel. Joktan was the father of many tribes, which seems to be the founder of the Arabs, especially those of Yemen. And then we have the sons of Joktan. Joktan, it says, begat Al-Modad, Shelef, Harmatsevet, Jera, Hadoram, Uzal, Dikla, Obal, Abimael, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab. All these were the sons of Joktan. And their dwelling place was from Mesha, as you go towards Sephar, the mountain of the east. These were the sons of Shem, according to their families, according to their languages, in their lands, according to their nations. These were the families of the sons of Noah, according to their generations, in their nations. And from these, the nations were divided on the earth after the flood. All the sons of Joktan are 13 in number, and all are situated in the peninsula of Arabia. Later in scripture, some of those names appear again, and they refer to those regions that took the name of their founders. Finally, we have a summary about the sons of Shem. And to conclude this section, this section about the sons of Noah, 
from whom all the dwellers of the earth descend. We are all descendants of Noah. Okay? Now, there are 70 nations listed in total. Now, I didn't take time to count it. I took the word of the commentators. Okay? 70 nations are mentioned here. <coughs> 70 is a very significant number in the history of Israel. Why? Well, first of all, we are told that 70 people came to Egypt from Canaan. When you read the scriptures, after Joseph was sold by his brothers as a slave to Egypt, and then when they found out that he was alive, the brothers went and got Jacob, his father, and they all came down to Egypt. And how many people were there? Seventy in total. That was the size of Israel. Seventy people. They came to Egypt from Canaan. How do we know that? We know that from Genesis chapter 46 and verse uh, 27. But we also know that from the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 10, where Moses is speaking to the people of Israel, and he says to them, Your fathers went down to Egypt with 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as the stars of heaven in multitude. Remember that in Egypt they what? They multiplied. And the Pharaoh was scared. And he had the firstborn males slaughtered. Okay? So 70 people came to Egypt from Canaan. And then when they left Egypt, Moses exhorted them to remember something very important. If you open with me one second to Deuteronomy chapter 32. And you go to verses 7 and 8. Moses is speaking to the nation of Israel just before his departure, when the Lord took him, and just before they enter the promised land. Moses says to the nation of Israel, Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father, and he will show you. Your elders, and they will tell you. When the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the children of Israel. That's a very important verse because he tells us here that God established the borders of every nation according to the number of the children of Israel. <coughs> this number, <coughs> excuse me, has ever has ever since been associated with Israel. In Daniel 9, the famous prophecy of the Messiah, in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 24, the Lord is announcing to Daniel after he prayed, he said, 70 weeks are determined for your people 
and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. How many weeks? Seventy. Now, these are not weeks of days. These are weeks of years. Okay? It is se 70 heptads, 70 sevens. All right? So here the Lord is announcing that after those years, 70 sevens, in, which is a total of 490 years, Messiah will be cut off. And that's exactly what happened. From the day that the edict was given by King Cyrus to rebuild the temple till the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross were exactly 483 years. You say, what happened to the others? Seven. There's still future. That's the tribulation. Okay? So we see that Israel's history can be understood in cycles of 70 weeks of years. Also, Israel was led by 70 elders. We are told that in the book of Numbers, at the chapter 11, in verse 16. So the Lord said to Moses, Gather to me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tabernacle of meeting that they may stand there with you. And then further down in the same chapter 11 of Numbers, verse 25, it says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the 70 elders. Later, there were, there were 70 members of the Jewish Sanhedrin the ruling religious party at the time of Jesus. There were 70, composed of 70 elders. Also, 70 scholars translated the Old Testament into Greek in Alexandria, Egypt. Moses wrote that man's lifespan is about 70 years. Psalm 90, verse 10. And the Babylonian captivity lasted 70 years. Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed about 70 years after Herod's attempt to murder Jesus, the Messiah, in his infancy. What year was that? 70 A.D. How many years ago was it that modern Israel founded? 74 years ago, 75. So you know what? We might be very close. I'm not one to go off the wall, you know, with numbers and newspaper sensationalism. But you know what? What is it? Uh, some kind of a coincidence? Be ready. The Lord is coming. We don't know when, but I'm sure he's very near. So here you have the 70th, the 70th, the 10th chapter I'm adding to scripture now. The 10th chapter of the book of Genesis. I know it is not a very exciting thing to go through all these names, but it, uh, also it is not okay to be ignorant uh, because we need to know these things. 
especially these days when people come out with all kinds of crazy things. Uh, I remember a couple of weeks ago, they came to pick us up at, from the house and uh, to take us to the airport. And some of you don't know this, but I went to Mexico for a week with my sister and with her husband and, and Nick. We went to rest a little bit because, frankly, I was exhausted. And uh, Mexico was a lot nicer than I thought it would be. Maybe because it was so close to Guatemala. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this guy that came to pick us up, the chauffeur, was a real nut. He says, they are deceived. Everybody's deceiving us. The, the earth is not round. The earth is flat. <laughs> and I said, no, I heard everything. Now I heard everything. Can you believe what people in this day and age believe? Hmm? And because people come out with all kinds of strange things, this is a day of darkness. And we as believers need to shed light on the people around us. And the best way to do that is to know the scriptures. Let us not be lazy in opening the scriptures and reading and studying and learning. Because, like I said at the beginning, the only reliable account about creation and about the establishment of nations is the book of Genesis. There's... Nothing that equals to that because God was the only witness. Man, all these people that create all these theories, they were not there. Okay? They're all suppositions. Okay? And that's why the devil tricks people to believe that they, you know, we came from monkeys, so we uh, developed or uh, evolved. And so you're telling me that you're still evolving? To what? Okay? It doesn't make sense. Only the word of God makes sense. And we need to uh, be every day reading, studying, meditating on the word of God. Okay? It's food for our souls. That's why so many people are starving these days spiritually. Because they're not being fed the word of God and they don't feed themselves the word of God. Okay? So let us make sure that we become students. of the. You know what the word disciple means? The word disciple means a learner, a student. Are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you? If you say amen, you better open your Bible. Otherwise, you're lying. Okay? The Lord says, go and make disciples of all the nations. Not just easy believism. How are you going to know what God's will is if you don't read his word? Because his word reveals his will. Okay? We need to uh, be in prayer because the devil is attacking left and right. Yesterday I got a, or day before yesterday, I got an email from a missionary in Hungary that you don't know. And she's been there for, I think, over 30 years or so, faithfully serving the Lord in Hungary. And they were serving in the ministry. Everything was going fine. All of a sudden, one of the leaders of the ministry began to cause trouble. She had to leave that ministry. 
and they're in the process of investigating who's right, who's wrong, all kinds of accusations, and she asks for prayer. Her name is Kathy. So if you can please pray. Uh, you know what? The devil causes division. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is unity. Where the spirit of the devil is, there is division. And we must be careful not to be the ones who cause division. Always try to keep the peace and the unity in the body of Christ. Amen? Because it's so easy to do that. I've been through things like that, and let me tell you, it is very painful, and it is not a nice experience. So let us pray that the Lord always keeps us united. That doesn't mean that we all need to think the same, but it means that we all have one heart. Okay? And pray, because you know what? My opinion, your opinion, his opinion, her opinion is not important. What is important is God's opinion, is what he says that matters, not what people say. So let us always be focused on the Lord and guard our ministry, guard our families, our, our people, because the Lord says that by this shall men know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And love, it says, is the perfect bond of unity. Amen? Study the scriptures. Next week, Lord willing, we're going to start with the 11th chapter of Genesis, the Tower of Babel. And that will be the end of the first section of Genesis, which, by the way, I want you to know this. Those first 11 chapters of Genesis are the most attacked portion of Scripture by Satan, causing people to doubt the authenticity of those first 11 chapters. But we know what? Those 11 chapters are part of the Word of God. And I believe them the way they are, literally. And I trust that you too. Amen? We're going to we thank you for listening to this message and pray that the Word of God spoke to your heart. To listen to previous sermons, please visit us at www.cbttbc.com or anchor.fm forward slash cbt hyphen sermons.